Welcome to our podcast, All About the Car, brought to you by Sheryl Tire and Service. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman, an auto service specialist with over 44 years of industry experience. Back with me today, our regular guest, Brian Call, an automotive industry veteran with over 40 years of experience. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Rob. Great to be with you. And Bill Sherl, a guy that's been driving a long time, always keeps us on track and has a lot of great questions. How you doing, Bill? I'm fantastic today, and how are you? I'm doing fine. It's good to see you both. This is a very special episode because we're talking about food. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> we are on site at the kitchens of... Hanuman Express, home of one of Central Wisconsin's premier food trucks. Our gracious guest, Jump Pot, is here with us. Hello. How you doing? I'm fantastic. Glad I'm to happy. Be here. We're just so happy to be here. We can smell the food already. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, food trucks really aren't a new idea. Even though the modern food truck boom started around, they say, 2008 on the West Coast, the idea of selling prepared food out of a moving vehicle started more than 100 years ago. New York Times Magazine wrote, Every food truck from the past 130 years can be traced back to one man in Rhode Island. In 1872, a guy named Walter Scott cut windows into a small covered wagon and parked it in front of a local newspaper office in Providence, Rhode Island. Sitting on a box inside, he sold sandwiches with pie and coffee to the journalists and pressmen that were working late. Of course, this isn't even to mention the chuck wagons that headed out to feed the cattle herders in the Old West. That's so funny, because I was just going to say, what about the chuck wagons? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picture, when they're, yeah, they're cooking totally. food in the chuck wagons. But and... I guess it may not be qualified as a truck, then it's a wagon. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. But, you know, that's where it all began. So that's your roots, Chump Pot. Yeah. Right there, believe it or not. I think but... my first experience with a chuck wagon was watching City Slickers, where, where the uh, cook said, <laughs> <laughs> it's warm, it's brown, and there's lots of it. So <laughs> When we say food truck... Is that correct language for what you do and what you are? Yes. Yeah, so if you want to get technical, the professional term for it would be mobile food vendor, but colloquially it's, it's food truck. So I guess that's what everybody probably thinks yeah. or uses. Yeah, that's cool. So this is your kitchen. This is where we're sitting today on site, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so this is where all the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. We have a nice home base here. It's our commissary. Every food truck is required to have one. So this is what we built out here. We had a large pole building that we turned the back of it into a prep kitchen. And then we have the food truck here to uh, refuel, get resupplied, have storage for things. So then what happens from here? From here, I get phone calls from uh, different businesses or different events. We set up things well in advance and we go out for either a lunch or a dinner, do that kind of service. So. And are you booked out a long way? Typically, I book out two to three months in advance. Um, I might have a spot open here or there because of a cancellation or, or what have you, but we usually get, stay pretty busy during the summer months. Well, that's good. That's why you're in business. Yeah, yeah. Make money while the sun shines, right? <laughs> Absolutely. How long have you been doing this? This is my sixth season on the road now. Wow. Yeah. I've been very fortunate because you know, a lot of people say that you know most businesses have a five-year success rate like you have to be successful within five years or it's not considered successful. So you made it past that first mark i made it past that first mark so and, and we've got some notoriety now we, we're well known here in with uh, wausau up in merrill down in stevens point so we get around excellent did you have food service background prior to setting up the truck not really i was working in chicago as a web developer and every sunday i would have my friends over because my, my place was kind of like grand central station and we'd watch the Sunday night TV shows and all that good stuff. But it would always be like a, you know, a potluck kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, I'd be the one cooking most of the food because I, I love to cook. 
And when my professional career as a web developer kind of turned sour, I wanted to do something different. So my family was already up here and I came up here to start this business. So. Any regrets at all? Or just having a time of your life? <laughs> I love it, honestly. It gives me a lot of freedom. It's great to be your own boss and make your own decisions, quite honestly. So that's, that's the biggest lure of it. And being able to go out and, you know, see the people and, and bring them some good food. That sounds great. And I assume you have a website. I used to have a website, <laughs> believe it or not. It's funny. Being a web developer, you know, you think you yeah. have this uh-huh. elaborate website and everything. But with the advent of social media, you almost kind of don't need it. Okay. I primarily use Facebook and awesome. Instagram to get the message out of where I'll be and things. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Is it just Hanuman Express on Facebook? I believe it's facebook.com slash Hanuman Express. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Now, we're sitting right here in your central hub. I mean, I'm looking at the side of your truck, huge truck, by the way, and that looks like quite an investment. It's not an easy deal, is it? No, and and we took it from bare bones. We originally bought it as a snap-on tool truck. And when we first got it, it still had carpeted walls, carpeted shelving inside. So we had to rip all that stuff out. We had to add the electrical, plumbing, gas lines, all Mm -hmm. sorts of things to to get it up to code and to be... uh, up to the health department's code, right. obviously. You set this up yourself? I found a guy. I, yeah. <laughs> you know a guy. I know a guy. When I first got here, I really didn't have a background right. in food, in the food industry. I just liked to cook. So I got a job at a local country club, and I called it my paid internship because it kind of gave me an insight into the background mm-hmm. how to run a food business. So I kind of did that my first year when I got to Wisconsin eight years ago. And in that time, I met someone at the country club I was working at that, uh, was kind of a handyman on the side. Mm-hmm. And his dad had a welding shop and a metal shop and the kind of place that a food truck could be built, essentially. Right. So he and I ventured forth, just him and I. <laughs> and we, it took us about eight months to do, but we turned this Snap-on food, uh, tool truck into the Hanuman Express food truck. So Wow. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. It really no, is. No, wait, I have to ask about the paint job, since I don't think the Snap-on no. was bright no, orange. I don't think so. No. Or is there a different Pantone to this color? No, no. It was, it was stark white like all the other, and with the red lettering on the side. Right. We had to scrape all that lettering off. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, it's funny. I have an old picture. It said Snap-on originally. So mm-hmm. as I was scraping the letters off, I, I scraped off the P in Snap-on and kind of spray-painted CK on the tail end of it, and, and we called it the snack-on truck. For a while. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> but uh, eventually, you know, we got all that off. We uh, right. took it to a shop and got it painted orange, okay. which happens to be my favorite color. That's why it's that's orange. That's awesome. And then, like and then the actual mural that's on the side was hand-painted by a friend of mine. Wow. Had a lot of, like, friends and family help to, to get this thing on the road. So, yeah. You can't miss it. It's something to be said right here on the side, for sure. Is there a meaning or symbol behind the image? Yes. The image here is actually of Hanuman. And Hanuman is a persona in Eastern mythology, Mm -hmm. I guess. There's a story called the Ramayana, which comes out of India. And it basically tells of uh, one of the incarnations of Vishnu, which is one of their deities. He comes down to earth and he has this bride that he uh, is to marry. Anyway, this demon comes and kidnaps his bride. So... Vishnu raises an army. His name is Rama on planet Earth, by the way. He raises an army, and the first general in his army is Hanuman. Okay. Hanuman is half monkey, half man, and he's the god of mischief and the god of wind. And he helps him rescue his bride. And that story, which originated in India, traveled to Thailand, okay. which is where I come in because I am Thai. Okay. And uh, it was just a really near and dear story for me, so that character. 
we're sitting here next to this truck and it's big. Does it require a special driver's license or can, I mean, you just hop in and go. You didn't have to do any kind of training or anything? No, not really. Luckily, it comes in just underweight to have a it's that I don't need a CDL for it. But yeah, it has taken me quite a while to get used to driving it. Now I'm pretty good at it, I would say. But uh, the first few years were a little harrowing. Let's just say that. Have you ever gotten into a situation that you got stuck? And the reason I asked that is I just happened to be at the Levitamp series the other evening and you were there mm-hmm. and driving out after all the rain, there was like, I was like, whoa, they went through some water and yeah. I, I saw a tread and, all, and I thought, I wonder what other terrain that you get have to enter into at times. I luckily have never been stuck. I've feared getting stuck on more than one occasion. There's actually a place that I went to. It was for a uh, triathlon. Mm-hmm. And the entrance into it, it wasn't muddy or anything like that, but the, just the incline of it and the way I had to turn in really scared me to death because mm-hmm. the truck is, you know, you feel very tall in it, and then when it tips to the side, you feel like you're about to tip over. So that scares me a little bit. So I tried to stay away from those kinds of situations. Makes sense. So yeah. in cases like that, a good set of tires is really important, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I did think a tread. I, I was like, oh, I wonder how he thinks about that. Yeah, looking at those tires, it looks like they're in pretty good shape. We're going to go through a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah in you're going to get shape. in and out. There's no problem there, I don't think. So I noticed a lot of the, hate to say it, but food trucks are trailers. Yes. Did you have to make that decision back in the beginning, or did you just know that a truck was what you needed? I honestly never even thought about a trailer. I just kind of wanted to have the truck. There's advantages to both, honestly. With the food truck, it's kind of like you don't have to worry about like unhooking or anything. You just kind of pull into your spot. If you're ready to go, you pop open the window, and you're good to go. Everything is self-contained. The water's on the truck. The propane's on the truck. We have our own generators. With trailers, it's convenient because like, if you forgot something at home, you can unhook and go get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really that's good true. point. Yeah. I think that's the main advantage of the trailer. But I think other than that, I think all the advantages. So you've done it right in your eyes. You, in my you, eyes, I yeah, feel like you I think did you it got right. it yeah. for sure. You should have seen the designs of this thing. I, they were all drawn on the back of a napkin. It was like, oh, hey, <laughs> got to do this and, you know, put this here and where. So how did you come up with the design, the workflow inside the kitchen? Part of it was from my paid internship working mm-hmm. for the country club, just kind of seeing how the flow of like cookware and where food is getting delivered at and stuff like that. It kind of helped me see how I wanted to lay out the truck. When we finally got the truck gutted, we got the measurements inside. And uh, when we first got the truck, we also got some appliances that came along with it. And luckily, everything fit like a beautiful puzzle piece. We got the right fryer and then we had, we had to order a wok specially made. And the company that made the wok for us was willing to do some custom jobs and everything fits because the, there's a well wheel, a wheel well rather inside the truck that right. you can't get past. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything fits for cookware in front of that wheel well and for refrigeration, everything fits behind it perfectly. You're just that good. It just, it was very, <laughs> serendipity, honestly, we were just very lucky. <laughs> Now, maybe this is just me, but I'm seeing so many food trucks and trailers in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They say, like I'd mentioned earlier, that the current food truck boom started in 08 back out in the West Coast somewhere, whether that's true or not. But why have they become so popular? Why is this exploding? Well, I think it's an opportunity for a lot of chefs who may not have a lot of money or anything like that to start into something and, and call it their own and to be creative. To own a restaurant requires a lot more capital more staff, more overhead. I think a food truck is a really great way to get into the business 
I guess uh, the minimal amount of overhead for this kind of business and, you know, be flexible enough to like be at different places. And, you know, it's exciting, you know, when Mm -hmm. you get to a new place and you get to see new people, it's great to see, be able to serve food and, and see people enjoy your food. And I'm sure you got a following that goes to the different events with you. I do. I have several of customers of mine that like will follow me like from Stevens Point all the way up to Merrill. Oh, Um, Oh, that's great. That's great. So how many festivals or events or do you say, would you say you do in a year's time? For me personally, I know there's a lot of food trucks that like to, uh, well, I want to differentiate real quick here. There's food trucks and then there's fair trucks. Oh, oh okay. yeah, this is a fair helpful. trailers, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. And what I found, because the first year that I was out, I was all excited. I, I tried to sign up for everything possible. I signed up for the Fourth uh, of July festival in Wausau. It was like a four or five day event. And what I found out was, wow, with my food truck, because my propane tank is on here, if I run out, I have to take the truck out. Whereas a lot of these fair trucks, they have like, you know, external propane tanks. They also have windows on all sides that, so that they can serve their customers on all sides. So food trucks are set up a little bit differently than fair trucks. And like there's limitations with water and, and those kinds of things. So you really would distinguish them differently. A little bit. Yeah. And then so I like to stay away from like the uh, several day festivals. I like to go to like one or two day events at most. But typically I go to a different place every day. You do? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I think I've seen some of the, call them fair trucks, mm-hmm. fair trucks kind of playing into the food truck game a little bit. A little It'll bit, start yeah. to fade in and get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But you know, you do notice a little bit difference, at least operationally, at least from my point of view, like the general customer that would come up probably wouldn't like notice, oh, this runs a little bit differently because of this or what have you. Now, it seems like uh, microbreweries and food trucks have become more popular about the same speed, if you will, lately. Mm-hmm. Is Do microbreweries help your business? Absolutely. So that goes hand in hand. Yeah. Huh? There's definitely been some breweries out there that have helped me quite a bit. Salmo Brewing up in Merrill, they were an early adopter of having food trucks at their location. And it's done well for their business and it's done well for the food truck business. District 1 Brewing down in Stevens Point has done right. really well for supporting the local food truck business as well. And even locally here, Mosini Brewing Company, great venues, great people, and really good vibe. It's just a really nice place to get a nice beer, a good beer, and, you know, get some nice food. As a person who visits the brewery Mm -hmm. and thinks about that, Mm -hmm. that it's great to be able to go and get food. And then the brewery doesn't have to do the kitchen, doesn't have to do that. They're able to make that amenity and make it more of an experience for sure. And then they can focus on making great beer, Mm -hmm. not have to worry about a health department license. Right. Well, at least as far as food goes, because they still have to worry about their brewing and stuff like that. But it's a different license. And then they can let the food trucks focus on what they do best. So how big of a geography do you travel to? Typically within the 30-mile radius. However, I like to say if the juice is worth the squeeze, right. I will travel farther. <laughs> <laughs> that is like true that. for most things, yes. So just a 30-mile radius. Okay. Roughly. I mean, like from here, you know, Merrill Point. So do you have a favorite event, an annual event, one that you've gone to maybe from the beginning? Is there one out there that you always look forward to more than the others? I love going to the concerts every summer, whether it be the concerts on the square in Wausau on the 400 block or the uh, Levitt Amp concerts down in Stevens Point. There's always a ton of people. Everyone's always really happy and out to have a really nice time and they enjoy some great food. And everyone's just really great. Everyone comes out to, you know, have a nice time. As with every All About the Car podcast, we always break away and take a side trip or road trip to a destination in Wisconsin. And today, 
Hopefully, Chump Pot will let us take his food truck, and we're going <laughs> to have more than 30 miles. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think we can make it. We're going to go down to Spring Green to the American Players Theater. Now, there's a different destination that we haven't been to before, and quite frankly, I have not either. APT, as they call it, is a professional theater located just outside Spring Green, Wisconsin, situated on 110 acres of hilly woods and meadows. They have two theaters, the newly renovated 1,089-seat outdoor amphitheater and a 201-seat indoor touchstone theater. That sounds exciting. As a matter of fact, in 2019, APT celebrated 40 years of playing in the woods. That's amazing. Been at it for 40 years. Today, the American Players Theater draws an annual audience of more than 110,000 people from around the country and has earned a national reputation for representing theater of the highest quality. Bill, you've been there. I have been there for many years. I went down a couple times a year before the renovation. I have to admit, I have not been back since these renovations have been made available in public. But it's a great outdoor theater. I've never been to the indoor theater, but and they've normally known for their Shakespearean plays. So then they've added on more modern music, not musicals, plays and things like that. But what's super cool about it is you're outside. I mean, very rarely do you get your out in the elements. They stop the show every once in a while if it's pouring rain. And then they go on, but the bats fly in, and the, oh, the no if, oh yeah, they're flying around. If it's <laughs> ninety degrees, the actors are on stage, continuing through. And if it's raining, you know, until it gets rain, it's kind of funny that when their lines will say something about the bright sunshiny skies <laughs> and it's raining, it's just kind of you know the whole audience gives a good chuckle. <laughs> That whole spring green area is just absolutely gorgeous, regardless. I mean, you're, if you're back in the hills and the woods back in there, it's just green, rolling hills. Isn't that considered the Driftless region? Yep, it is that a Driftless area? area. Absolutely beautiful area of Wisconsin, for sure. It does have some breweries down there. I don't oh. know what they are, but I know that they exist down there. Sounds like a draw for me, for mm-hmm. sure. They also have a deal. You can get four tickets for 119 bucks. They call that four packs on the hill. So there's a deal. Excellent road trip. They're located about 120 miles south of Stevens Point, 93 miles southeast of La Crosse, and 37 miles west of Madison. So you can kind of get an idea where that is, and definitely worth the trip. Check out AmericanPlayers.org. And Jump Pot, have you been there? I've only been through Spring Green with my friends during the summer of 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. We have an annual cabrewing trip that we take, which is cabrewing, uh, canoeing and drinking beer as we float down the river. So. I like cabrewing. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to so adopt was, that. Is that the Wisconsin River that down that? Yes, I, it is the Wisconsin, okay. Wisconsin River. That's awesome. Yes. I like the cabrewing idea. I think I'm yeah, on that one. Really <laughs> An activity when you're not at the theater. <laughs> Makes for a great lazy Saturday. So. Yes. All right, we had a good time on the road trip. We're back in the kitchen at Hanuman Express. And earlier we were talking a little bit before recording here about some maintenance on the truck. And I guess, do you do regular maintenance on this? And what kind of maintenance do you do? Absolutely. On a truck uh, this size. Because, you know, honestly, if the truck breaks down, then I'm out of business. I have to keep it maintained and, you know, keep it running properly. So I take it in to get oil changes, get tune-ups. I have the batteries checked often because the batteries do have a tendency to drain for some reason on this truck, but <laughs> they, they work great. As far as breakdowns, I actually had one last week. Oh, oh no. It, yeah, it wasn't actually with the truck itself, but it was uh, with the generator. 
Okay. So yeah, our generator that we had had, it, it was working for us for about six years and it finally took a dive, unfortunately. It didn't know you anything at that point, it probably. Didn't, it didn't. <laughs> but I've had problems with it before. So when the generator took a dive, I took it into King's Campers where I, you know, oh, yeah. had bought the original one and they came up with a great solution for me. I require 50 amp service for running my food truck. And it's hard to find a generator that can output that amount of power. They tend to get very expensive, especially the uh, inverter ones, which are quiet, which I need. Because I was going to say, they probably get very loud. They get the very, ones. very loud. Anyway, the newer ones cost about $3,500 or so. So it's a good chunk of change. Yeah. King's Campers came up with a great solution. They actually outfitted me with two generators, Cummins Onan Owen generators, mm-hmm that can work in tandem. They kick out about 3,700 watts each. And they can alternate or? No, there's a kit that you can buy from Cummins Owen that will put the two generators into tandem and you can make a 50 amp service out of it. Nice. This feels like on a float boat nowadays, you have one battery, two batteries, and then there's a setting that's one plus two and they work together. Yeah, it's actually better, it's quieter, they run longer and they give me more power and they cost me less. That's so awesome. I got to give King's Campers a lot of credit for that one. So yeah, Mike and the crew over there, they do a great yes, job yes, for sure do. at King's Campers. A, we did a podcast from King's yes. Campers about hauling campers and mm. going camping. I think so. I saw your van over there a couple days ago. So. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> well, we won't talk about breakdowns anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we don't want to make that So when you're again. broke down, you can't just set up the food truck on the side of the road well we could have actually run that day because we had all the food ready but the hood can't run and we need to have the hood going oh okay because you know it's really hot in there and you know if it gets too hot the ansel system will take off and and then then we have a real problem that would be very bad yeah Yeah. so we just want to play it safe and do things properly speaking of hot do you operate year round i am working towards that in years past we didn't have a nice shelter like we do now for the truck in the winter time and i was less comfortable driving the truck in the winter time also because you know it's a big investment and i would hate to see it in a ditch you know yeah. then i'm done i feel more comfortable taking it out especially now that i have more places i can go to that are close so i have places that i can go to within five ten minutes of the base camp and i feel comfortable driving there now so you'll probably see me out a little bit more in this winter so no more going to florida for the (laughs) the winter (laughs) (laughs) so when it's running in the winter do you have additional heaters or does just the all the equipment create enough heat to make it comfortable inside believe it or not the equipment inside keeps us pretty warm my main concern when, when taking it out in the winter is the water tanks freezing sure so when i do take it out in the winter i'll probably only take it out for like a couple hours at a time Awesome. All those things you don't think of as the consumer. Yeah, a lot like, of hey, things. Just get my food. <laughs> now, I hear you refer to we often. Do you have other people that work with you in the truck? I have a couple people this summer. Uh, I have one guy that's been with me for about three or four years now, and he's been great. It's really hard to find good workers, so I try to take care of them. And my niece has joined us this summer to help doing some prep work just to help us stay ahead of the game So before she goes off to college. <laughs> so do you actually end up with two to three people inside the truck when you go out to events, or, is, or are you talking about some of the help here in the kitchen? At the events, the most people I'll ever have in the truck is three people, including myself. Okay. More than that, it gets a little cramped, honestly. So, so how do you plan the amount of food that you're going to bring with? Early on, it was a lot of guessing. Now, just from experience, I have a pretty good pulse on how much to make and you know yes. the kind of crowds I'll see. So it's not uncommon for crowds to just explode at a particular event. And true, first time events, it's kind of like a crapshoot. If you go to some place for the first time and you just don't know how it's going to be, but then you learn from that experience. Sure. 
nowadays when I go down to like concerts and stuff like that, I have a pretty good general idea. Like, okay, this is how much I should make. And then I also check the weather because the weather's a big deal as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, bet, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. And those two things in conjunction kind of help me determine how much food to make. So. Yeah. And speaking of the food, how did you develop your menu? Some of it was suggestions from my mother. Some mm-hmm. of it was suggestions or just uh, playing around with my food, honestly. I wanted to make something that was, I guess, ethnically Thai, but also ethnically Wisconsin. Okay. I have very Thai-centric dishes, like, you know, my curries are very Thai. But then I have stuff on the truck, which is like, you know, fusion, like, you know, that with Wisconsin. So I have like a cheese curd wonton, a bacon cheese curd wonton. So I like to play with food. And I think part of the food truck culture is to see something different, see something unique. You don't want to go to a food truck and just get something that you could just order and just drop in a fryer. You want to get something, get that unique experience. And I think that's part of the allure of going to a food truck. And how often do you change the menu? There's a standard menu, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I try to have a different special every day. I try to change up the curries a little bit here and there. But generally, the main menu stays the same. And then I have a couple different things that I'm I'm playing with at the time. So Awesome. Yeah. Champak, what do you feel at this point? And maybe this is a tough question, but what do you feel the future of this business is? In the past couple of years, there's been a large boom of food trucks. Like I've really noticed it. When I first started, there was like maybe three or four in the Wausau area. And now I can't even count how many there are. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is like everyone has their own take on it. You can have a pizza truck. You can have a macaroni and cheese truck. I have an idea for a baked potato truck myself, but you know. Will <laughs> <laughs> I see expansion here? Who knows? I mean, I, you know, if, I, if I was to do a food truck again, like a different food truck, I would do something completely different just because, you know, it's fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As long as people have a lot of creativity and can think of a, a new thing to do, I think there's a big future for food trucks. I know in some of the bigger cities like, you know, Austin or LA or Seattle, like people go to food trucks more than they go to restaurants. So I think eventually, you know, that could be the case here too in central Wisconsin. And you had mentioned earlier, it really allows the uh, chefs and the owners to be creative. And that's the whole, I think the magic of this whole thing Mm -hmm. is how you are making a decision for yourself and your business and your food truck on a new dish. Right. Or a different combination, the cheese curd thing. Right. Which is just, uh, we all benefit from it. One of the <laughs> yes. food truck festivals for sure. And when they say food truck festivals, are there actual places that, I mean, I've heard about this in other metro areas where there's just a group of food trucks and there's really nothing else. You just go to taste the various foods around a park mm-hmm. or something of that. I know that when I first opened the food truck six years ago, I was really, really gung ho about making a space for everyone to come and enjoy the food. I actually organized a few food truck rallies. Okay, that's the right word. Yeah, rally, a rally. rally. Yeah. I like that. And I know that in like a lot of the bigger cities, there's just designated area that food trucks can go to every single day. Right. There's not really an area like that in this area in central mm-hmm. Wisconsin, but I've heard talk about it. I've heard of you know people like maybe coming up with like some sort of meeting place and, mm-hmm. and you know for the for the food, food trucks. Other than that, I know that there are special events. I know District 1 Brewing Company has uh, food truck rallies a few times a year. And then there's a couple other ones I think that other people try to organize as well. In general, right now, I don't think there's like any designating meeting space in the central Wisconsin area. Well, now I know what to Google. It's the word rally. Rally. That's the key. Yeah. Uh, got didn't it. think about that. I kept yeah. doing festivals as well. I know. Um, and you get all the festivals versus When rally. I hear the word festival, I think of a multi-day thing. And that just kind of gives me a headache <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. No, no. 
you got a couple stories you can tell us, uh, <laughs> unique things that have happened as you're out there. Well, in our first year, this is kind of a funny story. My friend AJ likes to tell this story. In our first year, we were trying to find a way to get into the business, trying to like, you know, do we do lunches? Do we do late nights? Do we do the bar crowd? Just trying to different things, you know? And there was one night I was doing the bar crowd in Wausau. It was downtown. And I talked to the bar owners and they said, oh yeah, come on down. And when I got there, I had to park maybe just half a block down from the, where the bar was. I was like, okay, this will be fine. You know, people from the bar, they can see me. Everything will be great. And that evening, there was a, another mobile vendor, except they weren't like in a vehicle. They were in like a little hot dog cart. <laughs> and they set up right in front of the bar. And I was like, I was, I was a little scrappier back then. I was like, oh, this is not happening. No, no. <laughs> so I did the most, the thing that I thought would be appropriate is I made a tray and put a bunch of different samples in it of the food walked right down to in front of the bar and said, free samples for everybody. <laughs> and it was kind of a jerk move, honestly. But, you know, hey, I was trying to fight for my business, you know. Absolutely. I was given the permission to be there. So I was like, who is this person coming to do this? This is not right. So the samples were gone in like five seconds. And when I turned around to go back to the truck, there was a line. So, oh, you it know, works. it works. Excellent marketing. And, and within like 10 minutes, that other vendor had left so (laughs) there you go yeah so i mean i did what i had to do but you know i'm willing to fight for this business and i love what i do and i'm really passionate about it that's what entrepreneurs do yeah well, congratulations on making it past that five-year mark. Thank you. So you talked about it earlier. <laughs> you're in your sixth year, so you're on the way to stardom for sure. Thank you very much. So as we're sitting here in your kitchen, I don't know about you guys and you're all, but I'm getting kind of hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smelling it. I can fix that. <laughs> I kind of figured you might. <laughs> we are so lucky to be able to sample this food off of Hanuman Express's truck here. Chumpot, thank you very much for cooking this up for us. It's absolutely my pleasure. So we're going to give this a try, and I cannot wait. So tell us a little bit about what we're about to eat, though. So what I've made today was a chili oil bok choy. We don't usually have this as a standalone item. It's, a, it's part of our one of our specials, which is a pork shank, chili oil pork shank. But I figured I'd make it for you, Bill, because, you know, you, you're the pescatarian. Well, thank you so much. We also have uh, crab rangoon and also spinach and artichoke wontons and our bacon cheese curd wontons. In addition to that, I've also made some crispy fried pork, which is one of our more popular dishes on our truck. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is so good. So good. Just down to the basic of your choice of rice, jasmine versus other types of rice the only other one i know is basmati but why jasmine well jasmine is the rice that's typically used in thailand so okay. that just it was kind of a no-brainer for me so i know a lot of people ask if we make sticky rice but quite honestly i'm terrible at making sticky rice that's why it's not on the truck <laughs> <laughs> i have not seen the master that for some reason so that makes good sense but steamed jasmine rice always a good go-to so Oh, this is so good. There's so not much good. talking going on right now. <laughs> no, there's a lot of good eating going then on Tell us here. a little bit about the history of bok choy and Thai cuisine. I know it's an Asian vegetable. Got <laughs> That's it. Okay. Right. I won't ask that question. It's like one of several different Asian vegetables. They're kind of all like prepared the same way. We, we, the way we prepare it on the truck is with a uh, little bit of oil, a little bit of garlic, salt, pepper, and sugar, and some bean paste. It's really simple. Um, it cooks up really quick. and 
it's really delicious. I mean, for as simple as it is to make. So. And Thai food is known for its heat. It is. So this is not super, super hot since no. I'm eating it. Because, <laughs> you know, like I'm not boiling my head off or anything. So how do you make that selection of how hot to make the food? I know I'm in central Wisconsin, so (laughs) I've talked to enough people to know what is is hot for them and what is not. So things are definitely a little bit more tamer on the truck, I would have to admit, but we can do special requests, especially if it's uh, one of our specials that we can create whatever heat level you want, essentially. Now you call this pork? Crispy fried pork. Crispy fried pork. I'm usually very just like... What is it? Well, it's pork, crispy. <laughs> it's it's, like, like the chili, like one of my specials, the, the special that goes with the uh, bok choy. I call it literally chili oil pork shanks because it's pork shanks tossed in chili oil. I'm not really creative with my names. Plus, I figure, you know, I'm already uh, facing an obstacle for people trying my food because they're not familiar with this stuff. A lot of people are not familiar with it. So if I was going to come up with some sort of crazy name like the Hanuman special bowl or something like that, they really won't know what the hell it is. So at least I try to be as descriptive as possible in the naming of the item. That makes so. total sense. Tell yeah. what they're going to get until the exactly. they start with knowledge. Exactly. That's that marketing in you. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple from my perspective, I guess. Very, very good. Mm. Trying to talk, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say anything about wontons in Thai cuisine? Wontons or dumplings are kind of ubiquitous, not only throughout Asia, but I think, you know, in all different cultures. Every culture kind of has their wonton. In Italy, it's like the ravioli, and Poland's the pierogi, uh, you know, what have you. They're all prepared in different ways. Sometimes you pan sear them, sometimes you fry them, sometimes you boil them or steam them. In our case, we fry ours. We stuff them with various items like bacon cheese curds. We also have other variations on the truck. We have apple pie wontons, which I'm really proud of. We have jalapeno popper wontons, and we also have spinach and artichoke wontons, which are none of those are will be found in Thai cuisine. I can tell you that much. But like I said, we're in Wisconsin, kind of catered to the peoples. Yeah, great fusion. Yeah. And then with the crab rangoon, I wanted to make ours a little bit different. I wanted to make it with real crab because I know you can get a lot of crab rangoon around town here. They tend to be a little bit sweeter, like the ones you buy other places. We like to go savory with ours, and we like to use real crab, so that's why. It's delicious. It was delicious. Thank you. I think I heard you mention earlier, you said something about your mom's input. Is Mm -hmm. that some recipes in here too as well? Definitely. um, With the curry and also with spicy basil that I make, those come directly from my mom's recipes. She also came up with the sauce for the crispy fried pork, which is a sweet tamarind sauce. Goes really well with the pork. It has a little bit of a sourness and also sweetness to it and obviously a little kick too. I would agree with you on that. That's excellent. So did you cook growing up at all? Not really. I didn't really start cooking until I moved out on my own because you got to eat, right? And when I come home from work, a lot of people are like, oh, they don't want to like cook or anything like that. But cooking for me was very cathartic. It was very relaxing for me. So I really got into it. And then along with the whole Sunday dinners things with my friends, you know, it just became a tradition that we all really enjoyed. So I have several friends who cooking relaxes them. And that's why we're good friends. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't show on you. I I wish I had your metabolism. I I wish I always said I'm a great sous chef and I'm a good eater. So I appreciate good food. So jump out. You are very fortunate though. Not everybody can say that they do what they like for a living. 
it took me a while to get to this point. I mean, this is probably like my third career at this point. So, <laughs> but uh, I think I finally landed on something I really love. Well, I can tell you it's working out. Thank you. You're very Delicious. good at it. Thank you. <laughs> well, we've had a great time today here at the Hanneman Express kitchen and where we learned a little bit of history about the background of food trucks and talked to Chumpot about his business and where he's been and how he got here and what he's doing today and talked a little bit about the truck, its maintenance, and not getting stuck in the mud. And then we took the road trip Wisconsin to American Players Theater of Spring Green, Wisconsin. Beautiful area. Got back into business here and talked a little bit more about the business and heard some favorite stories from Chumpot. And we had a sampling and, oh man, that food is good. So right along with us next time when we talk about more than just a tire, where it's all about the car. To listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, or to simply send us a message, head to allaboutthecarpodcast.com. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.